The Incomparable. Number 410. June 2018. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I am your host, Jason Snell. You know I like to draft things. Um, Also, I'm going to point out that in 400-plus episodes of The Incomparable, we have not addressed The Simpsons, which has been airing since 1989, uh, more than 600 episodes, recently renewed for its 29th and 30th seasons. It is the show of our lifetime in some ways. And how in the world could we cover it on The Incomparable? I will refer to you to the first thing I said, which is I love drafts. And so we're going to draft not episodes, not characters of the you know vast collection of characters in Springfield. No, we are going to draft quotes from The Simpsons because... What I learned long ago, actually, a decade ago or more, is that one could probably construct an entire conversation, deep, meaningful conversation with a friend, using nothing but quotes from The Simpsons. Yes, I'm one of those people. Joining me to draft quotes from The Simpsons, and I shall introduce them in an order as, of course, generated by random.org. These are our drafters. Glenn Fleischman will pick first. Oh, random.org, what have you done? Oh, my God. Wow. I, I plan in this episode to quote from Futurama and claim it's Simpsons just to troll Tony Sindelar. Oh, boy. Uh, no, I won't. That'll be good. No, no. Usually the person who ruins drafts by uh, misinterpreting the rules or, in fact, interpreting them aggressively, it's Monty Ashley who will pick second. Hello. <laughs> I learned 10 years ago that it had been 10 years since the Simpsons were good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah, yeah. there is a joke in the first episode of Futurama where Fry discovers that the Simpsons is still on, but people... <laughs> Say that the last 500 years have not been as funny as the first 500 years. And with every passing year, that joke gets better (laughs) because now it's the, well, the first decade was really great. Okay. We're now in the third decade. What happens next? I don't know. Uh, Drafting third, Philip Michaels. Hello. Hello. I I am actually uh, trying to remember the last time that I I watched The Simpsons and and I I think it was several presidents ago. So. So there's that kind of that kind of uh, um, uh, tipping my hand that I, there won't be recent quotes on my no, list. No, me neither. The the, <laughs> the Simpsons is still on. I hear, uh, and picking fourth, John Syracuse. This is usually the part where I have a quote from the thing that we're going to be talking about. But this this whole draft is yeah. about quotes, so I'm not so, quite sure would, what it, to say. It would defeat its own purpose. Seems really. inappropriate, really. The podcast would eat itself. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it may be doing that anyway, but you would speed it along. And of course, I will pick last because I am your host. So with that, we are going to enter the exciting world of Springfield and talk about uh, favorite lines, quotes, whatever, however you want to determine that. Monty will probably have a very interesting interpretation. No pressure. Uh, but first, Glenn, what is your first selection as a favorite Simpsons quote? I have an opening statement. Oh, no. no. <laughs> No, I don't. The I just want. I think we've been talking about when already about when we stopped watching The Simpsons, and uh, for us and my family, my wife, it's not a big cartoon fan. She's always a big Simpsons and Futurama fan. She can quote The Simpsons, and uh, so it's kind of a watchword in our household. But when she was pregnant with our first child, low these fourteen years ago, we discovered uh, when she had hyperemesis that every single goddamn episode of The Simpsons has something involving barfing or something so disgusting we had to stop watching it and i believe we may have given up before then but that was the death knell was the uh so i'm doing all the way back to 1991 my english is how you say inelegant this is a line we quote 
uh, still regularly, probably several times a month in my household. And uh, do I, should I provide context yes, for that? Yes, please probably. do. Oh, so well, this, this is going to be a very episode. short episode if it's just contextless <laughs> just Simpsons quote, quotes. <laughs> 700 quotes. Oh, you know what I mean. It's joke number 43, <laughs> boys. Uh, it's from the episode. Can, can, can we guess? Can we guess which oh, episode yeah, yeah, it please. is? Oh, yeah, please. Absolutely. It's the bullying instructor one. Yeah. Is it not? No. Albert. Oh. Isn't it? Oh. My English. My, let me do the German accent better. Sorry. It's, my English is, oh. how you say, oh, okay. inelegant. It's the one where the Germans buy the power plant. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like 30 seconds before the world of chocolate. Exactly. Yes, perfect. Okay. That, that was a secondary pick. It's uh, Berns Verkaufen der Kraftwerk, which is wrong German. It should be Berns Verkauf den Kraftwerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, season three, episode 11. And it's uh, the episode in which uh, Monty Burns is, uh, discusses in passing – uh, laughing at an offer from the Germans who come to town seeming to want to buy the nuclear power plant. And uh, he overhears uh, or Homer hears him say something about how much money he'd sell it for. The Germans go to the bar. Homer repeats this. They buy the power plant. Uh, Homer is then – there's the wonderful moment in it when they list off the following employees will be dismissed, something like that. Uh, alphabetical order, Simpson, comma, Homer – that is all. Uh, so it's, <laughs> the entire episode is full of great quotes, but but the my English is how you say inelegant is just a perfect. That's Phil Hartman doing that voice, I believe. Also, uh, the German, uh, and they're also they're so wonderfully organized. And uh, you know, Homer, a safety inspector for the last fifteen years. What initiatives are you responsible for? Uh, all of them. It's just great. It's great. <laughs> And then, of course, has the great thing that the plant is in such terrible shape that uh, Mr. Burns, of course, speaks German. He uh, uses the word Lickspittal in German, describing Smithers. And uh, at the end, the plant is in such horrific shape that the Germans agree to sell it back to Mr. Burns for a tiny fraction of what they paid. That's great. That is the – they're just trying to chat with him and Homer just refuses. <laughs> no. Perhaps let me rephrase this. <laughs> Once again, I have failed. All right. Exactly. My English is how you say inelegant. Very nice. And that's how we get started. Monty, what is your choice? Um, I do not have the season or episode number, but I'm pretty confident saying it's somewhere from, let's say, season two through 11. Uh, there is a, an episode <laughs> in which Bart is forced to go hang out with Ralph Wiggum, who had not yet become the, quote, machine he would become later, but was still a dumb kid he didn't want to hang out with. And he is warned by Ralph's father, Chief Wiggum, to stay away from a certain area. And after they go into that area, Chief Wiggum says, what is your fascination with my forbidden closet of mysteries? <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not supposed to go in there. What is your fascination with my forbidden closet of mysteries? Which is something I say a lot. Partly because I do have a forbidden closet of mysteries and I will never tell you what's Ooh, in it. I'm, I'm fascinated it, now. <laughs> you and J.J. Abrams. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> it's musical soundtracks, isn't it? Yeah. Well... Maybe. But it's <laughs> it's such a good phrase. And then as I remember, they steal the key that unlocks any door in town and go into a candy shop and then the jail. Is this the electric chair episode? Yes, it is. Ah, I love that one. Bidden Closet of Mysteries. I think one of the um little bits of uh of character interrelationship that I I find weird and enjoyable in The Simpsons is the fact that um that Ralph is the chief's son because those characters don't have to be connected, but it's, it's much better that they're connected much, 
Much better. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a Tom Lehrer shout out because there's the the lyric in uh, my hometown and and nothing could be done because he was the mayor's son. It's sort of the the whole the the idiot son of the person in authority is an old yeah. old comic trope. Hmm. And that pays off when uh, Lisa's dating Ralph and then breaks oh up with God. him. So good. The police then start busting up the headlights of the Simpson car. There's, as I was reviewing the classic uh, list list of classic quotes from The Simpsons earlier today to make sure I didn't miss any, uh, I was struck by just how many of them are Ralph Wiggum lines. Oh, oh. I In my notes, which are pretty long, I have a Monty Burns section and a Ralph Wiggum section. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Um, all I, right. I'm restraining myself with all my power to not just start quoting him because I will ruin the draft. You just have to save it uh, for now. But Phil, <laughs> it's, it's your turn. What, what do you have for us? Okay, I am I am on the the record on other podcasts arguing that Last Exit to Springfield is the greatest Simpsons episode, and at least it, it's certainly my favorite. Um, and so I'm going to pick as my first pick a quote from that episode, one that I say all the time: "If only we'd listen to that boy instead of walling him up in the abandoned Coke oven." <laughs> <laughs> Which of course is not is oh. not directly Mr. Burns, but apparently Mr. Burns's aging father as they as they uh drag off a, a young man protesting that um that one day uh uh you you can't treat the working man like this. We're gonna organize, then we'll become shiftless and lazy and the, the Japanese will eat us for lunch. And Mr. Burns's father says my wife's favorite line from that episode, which is those goldfish tenders And I, I do enjoy that. <laughs> Wow, if only we'd listen to that boy instead of walling him up in the abandoned coca. Well, that and that's a uh, Edgar Allan Poe uh, mm-hmm. reference there, too. <laughs> Very nice. That's the fourth he season. He wrote about coke ovens all the time. Coke, well... Mm. He was obsessed with them. Yeah, I'm Examine sure he was. that man's pockets for atoms. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, John, what do you have? Well, for all the other ones, I have uh, season number, episode number, timestamp. I have links to the audio online, but for my number one pick, which I'm surprised <laughs> wasn't chosen already, I don't have any of that because my brief internet research did not lead me to where this quote was originally uttered because it has been uttered so many times. Uh, and actually, I was trying to go on a, a single word quote theme for the entire thing, but that didn't that didn't hold very <laughs> long. But my number one pick is one word, and it is excellent. Excellent. Which is Monty Burns' little catchphrase where, like, the first time he said it, which must have been very early on, maybe in his first episode, it sounds like one of those things that you laugh at because you've heard it before in other things. Like, oh, he's doing that thing that that uh, sinister evil villains and old men always do. Don't they always say excellent? Right? And I don't even know if that's true. At this point, I don't even know if that was a direct pull from some movie that I was supposed to get referencing because... Monty Burns and excellent looms so large in our culture that now he 100% owns that word. Uh, and it may have started off as an homage or a direct echo of a thing that we were all supposed to know. But very quickly, it turned into its own thing. And the show starts riffing on it where he's saying it about the most mundane type of things and, you know, using it uh, the reverse of its of expected meaning. Then you go back to the main meaning again. And at this point, they're in like seven levels of meta just on the word excellent, along with the tented fingers. So that is my number one pick. And there's the time that they get uh, Senor Spielbergo, Steven Spielberg's Mexican non-union mm. equivalent, get who comes me, out and says, Excelente! Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's one of those ones. I mean, I don't know if the, I like many people on this podcast. I stopped watching The Simpsons regularly a long time ago, but I bet he's still saying it. Yeah, I'm sure he is. It's a, Somewhere it's, out there, Monty Burns is tenting his fingers, saying excellent. That's true. 
All right. For my choice to close out our first round of Simpsons quotes, I am going to go to the eighth season. I know maybe you had stopped <gasps> watching by then, but I didn't. Uh, I was still watching when there was an episode involving prohibition being enacted in Springfield, oh, yeah. Homer versus the 18th uh, yes. Amendment, which leads to one. one of the great lines in The Simpsons and one that I use to this day. And and that is a thread, I think, running throughout this is quotes, things that we actually say uh, mm-hmm. in, in our lives. And this is simple. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. It's, it's all that, I mean. It's I, wonderful. I, I love how Homer can encapsulate both the, I mean, it is the cause of and solution to. That's, there you go. And uh, and it's in the form of a toast, which that, is even that's better. That's one of my favorite episodes because Homer's really competent. There's a number of episodes in which he gets competent at something like running a police force mm-hmm. and whatever. And Marge is like, Homer, I'm really proud of you as a bootlegger, right? Because like, this is really very clever. Like, aren't you going to, no, no, this is. That's I've known correct. your father a long time, and this is the cleverest thing he's ever done. <laughs> this also, uh, this episode also has probably the best one-off character. I don't think he's ever shown up again. But Rex Banner, I believe, is the mm. the 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 uh, prohibit the uh, the the tea man who who shows up to to bust the beer baron is is just a terrific terrific uh, supporting character from the stentorian delivery to to when he. Reaches through the window to grab Barney to to shake him down and uh, ask Ned Flanders if he's the beer baron. And Ned <laughs> says, you mean the root beer baron? I'm Gil Diddley-Ilty. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, that's – yeah, that, that's a good episode. Um, and that is a round of uh, – of, uh, not drinks, a round of quotes. And we'll go back to the top. Glenn, something else. I'm going to do an extremely long quote because it allows me to do glenning. So okay. I have lots of options here. So this is the episode's Lisa on Ice, where Bart and Lisa suddenly become miraculously good at hockey once ever and never again. And uh, they're fighting over something, and Bart goes into Lisa's room, and uh, he's, and she says, get out of here. And he says, all right, but on my way, I'm going to be doing this. And he starts windmilling his arms. If you get hit, it's your own fault. And Lisa says, okay, then I'm going to start kicking air like this. And she kicks up her foot. And if any part of you should fill that air, she kicks up other foot. And they start approaching each other. It's your fault. So the quote part is, I think it's a visual quote. You have to imagine this in mm. your mind. Um, but I thought it was so – I love that bit. <laughs> I think about it a lot because it's such a perfect kid thing. And here's my glenning part. My friend uh, Sarah, her brother is one of the uh, showrunners of The Simpsons. And this is actually something from their childhood <laughs> that made it into the show. The two of them did this to each other. And suddenly, every once in a while, there are little bits of my friend Sarah in early Simpsons episodes that David was involved with. And that was one of them. So it's sort of personal also. But I just love that concept. And then I think they just run into each other and start fighting. But – that's it. Get out! Get out! Okay. But on my way, I'm going to be doing this. If you get hit, it's your own fault. Okay, then I'm going to start kicking air like this. Uh, and if any part of you should fill that air, uh, it's your own fault. Did they do uh, uh, I'm Not Touching You on the Tracy Ullman shorts? Was that they in the car with that one? I think yeah. so. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a much more classic childhood your bit, side. but it's very, very similar. You know. I like the, the, the kick. I've seen kids do this, like the I'm walking towards you kicking and I'm whatever. It's not going to get hurt. But the Simpsons had it in 1994, apparently. So maybe they created this phenomenon among children. I do enjoy sure. the the uh, Bart 
Lisa standoff where, um, and I, I can't even remember the episode, but Bart has, um, Lisa's various dolls and he's gonna, he's gonna torture the doll, except she has one of his and he's, no, not Mr. Wilbo. And so, and, and whatever plot that he had, uh, falls horribly apart. And I can't for the life of me remember the episode. And that reminds me of something I'm writing down as another possible draft pick. See, that's Uh going to happen here, too. Uh, Monty, what's your next one? Uh, My next one is the 20th episode of season five, which I totally did not just look up. Mm -hmm. The Boy (laughs) Who Knew Too Much, in which uh, Bart accidentally spies on the wastrel nephew of uh, Mayor Quimby, who turns out does not beat a Frenchman to death. Oh, yeah. The specific quote is, in the trial, when somebody says the word chowder, not to his liking, and he spurts out, That's chowder! Chowder! I'll kill you! I'll kill all of you! Especially those of you in the jury! <gasps> guilty. There are two other great uh, uh, quotes in that. That that the waiter, uh, how dare you? I am not some clumsy Clouseau-like French waiter. <laughs> uh, so that that's a good one, and um, uh, I believe that has the one where um, Skinner hunts down is trying yes. to hunt down Bart oh, yeah. as a truant. And Relentless. Is it me? Am I so out of touch? No, the children are wrong. And that, that that's the, the great dust. That's right. The it's, ultimate Skinner quote. It's the children. Let me take a brief break and tell you about one of our sponsors to this episode of The Incomparable. This episode is brought to you in part by Warby Parker. That's quality eyewear at a fraction of the usual price. Warby Parker was founded by four friends, and they had a core belief, which is that your glasses should not cost more than your iPhone. They eliminated the middleman so they can sell directly to you, both in stores and online, which means they can make you look great with high-quality prescription glasses at a much fairer price than you've seen before. And the best part, you can try your glasses on at home. They have a free home try-on program. You order five different pairs of frames and try them on for five days. There's no obligation to buy anything They uh, ship them to you for free. There's a prepaid return shipping label. You can try them on in private, or you can have your friends and family come over and look at all the different ones and share their opinions. And that way, when you get your glasses, some of them might know that you're their favorite, and uh, some of them might be uh, disappointed that you didn't go with their pick. But it's actually pretty fun, and I was happy to give my family input because I didn't know what to pick. When you pick your favorite pair... They will even call your doctor for you, your eye doctor, if you're not sure what your prescription is. Warby Parker glasses start at just $95, including prescription lenses that all include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. Not only that, but for every pair you buy, a pair of glasses is also distributed to someone in need. I got a new pair of glasses. They look great. It was fun to have them tried on with my family, as I said before, and uh, I was kind of at sea about what I wanted to get, and they helped me out there. And now I've got a great pair of glasses. Listeners, to the incomparable, go to warbyparker.com slash Snell and order a free home try-on kit today. Once you've done that, check out their app. They've got a great try-on companion that lets you make a quick video. So if you are all alone, but you still want to share your try-on with your friends, you can do that. And if you've got an iPhone 10, yes, that's right. 
website. They've got a Find Your Fit feature. They use the True Depth camera to map and measure your facial features and then recommend about 12 different frames that are the best fit for your face. It only takes a few seconds. What a great idea. Upgrade your glasses experience. Go to warbyparker.com slash Snell, W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R.com slash Snell and get your free home try-ons today. Thank you, Warby Parker, for supporting The Incomparable. Phil, what's your next choice? So Monty mentioned uh, uh, Senior Spielbergo, and that nearly uh, gave away the plot for, for my next pick, which is from the A Star is Burns ill-fated oh, no. crossover episode <laughs> with the oh. critic. A terrible, terrible episode. No, um, a great episode. No, not a good episode. <laughs> However, I find uh, th- there are literally half a dozen lines I will, I will spout at random um uh, from that episode uh football to the groin uh mm-hmm. the, ow my groin related to that um get me his non-union mexican equivalent is one but for this pick i'm going to go with let's say it moved me to a bigger house oops i said the quiet part loud and the loud part <laughs> quiet which i found myself saying a lot these days when i'm reading the newspaper and um there's some <laughs> bit of malfeasance in the in the news not related to anyone in particular mind no, you no. oh no no let's just say it moved me to a bigger house oops i said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet oh dear that's right you said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet i think you've said that but- to me a few times phil <laughs> Mm-hmm. That, part, that episode also has boo urns, which is yes. a delightful thing that to say. That could be a thing somebody drafts later. Shh. <laughs> or not. Well, if we're not allowed to talk about the episode. No, you're right. You're right. You could be, but you can still and pick it that also later. Has Barney, my favorite Barney line, which is, uh, do not weep for me, for I am already <laughs> dead. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So this is the thing is I haven't seen that in a long time. And so I'm sort of on Team Monty here and saying that that's a great episode, but I suspect it may actually be a terrible episode, but a memorable episode because it's those... a it's a memorable it how how you feel about that episode depends on how you feel about the critic, I think. Yes. The Simpsons writers were forced into that episode, is my understanding. Which I and, believe uh, is a Matt matter Graining, of public record. Matt Groening took his name off because he was so angry. He was wrong. It's a great episode full of great stuff. Well, the and the 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 reaction to have these weird short films, I think you know that was the sixth season. It's like I think sometimes as the t- show got, went along, some of the best episodes were where they said we 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 don't care. <laughs> we're gonna do <laughs> something. There's that short stories about Springfield. The that's got oh, the that's the, great. the thirty second or one minute vignettes about twenty two short films about uh, Springfield. That that are that's great episode, and it's it's uh, I think not that different than something like a Star Is Burns in the sense that they've got the weird films. And Senor Spielberg was there, of course. But uh, since they, since this one was a like network mandated right. episode, they they the, the resentment uh, seeps <laughs> through uh, as you're watching. Yeah. All right, John. What about you? We're going to go from the very popular quote that everybody knows, uh, Monty Barnes and his excellent, to a, an obscure quote that probably isn't even that funny, but it definitely falls into the category of a thing that gets repeated a lot in our house. And I'm, I'm I was struggling to try to figure out why. We repeat this so often. Like, is it a is it a scenario that comes up a lot? Like, with the the idea of the quiet part loud, it comes up when you're frustrated with you know whatever saying saying your thoughts out loud or frustrated. Anyway, I don't know why this comes up, but it does a lot. Uh, and it is from season ten, episode seven, called Lisa Gets an A. There is a subplot where Homer has a pet lobster. Oh yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, the, the pet lobster makes a mess uh, of Marge's kitchen, and she scolds Homer, and Homer says, don't worry, I'm giving him a nice warm bath to clean up the lobster, and hey, what smells so good? 
So uh, Homer, weeping the entire time, is slowly eating his former pet, and his former pet's name is Pinchy. Uh, and the one, the one, one word quote I'm picking from the entire scene is at the very end, after as he's eating it, as they zoom away from the house, he says, "Pinchy." So very often in our house, we say, "Pinchy." When I guess referring to situations in which we are unfortunately eating something that we love, but it's also delicious. Hmm. Like I'd, I'd like to know, uh, rabbits? Uh, are you raising rabbits at home? Not. It's not direct. It's more like you're you're feeling bad about something, but what you're doing is like you're also kind of enjoying it. So there's a good aspect of it, but it's also sad. I gotta does, tell you, there are wow. not many everyday practical uses for that. It's not quote, a direct analogy to I, eating your pet. But I, it's very, it's, I'm glad it's the, it works for you. <laughs> it's, it's like re- Schadenfreude, but for something that we it's, don't yeah, define. It's, it's regret mixed with something that it's enjoyable, but you feel guilty about enjoying it. No more pain where you are now, boy. Oh, God, that's tasty. I wish Pitchy were here to enjoy this. <laughs> Oh, a pinchy. I think we might. I think it might come up a lot in, in the context of pets because pets will very often do something like gobble up something that was once beloved, but that they're shredding. Right? I don't know. I don't have much of an explanation, but there it is. It's pinchy. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> the whole scene is good, and I feel for pinchy. Yeah, some some sympathy for uh, for pinchy. Um, all right, I am going to pick. I can't believe this is still out there. Um, I'm going to pick from an, another weird episode. This is. Uh, from Trilogy of Error, which is from the 12th season, which is a delightfully strange episode. In fact, originally apparently titled Go Simpson Go, because it is the run, Lola run, uh, non-linear storytelling, weird things intersect with one another. It's got some great stuff in it, including, I will point out, this is the episode in which they, in that uh, Marge invents the address 123 Fake Street, which I mm. also use all the time. But I think it's an all-timer, and I've got to pick it here in the second round. I think it's a good value, which is Dr. Nick Riviera saying, Inflammable means flammable? What a country. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which is great. And true, which is even greater. That What a strange world we live in. What a strange country we live in where inflammable means flammable. I love it. And I love Dr. Nick, who is just aggressively... Uh, crooked and awful in all in all facets, but he's a key part of the. Well, he's not a key part. He is a part of the plot of the intersecting plots of Trilogy of Error, which is a really great episode. So, inflammable means flammable. What a country! And I use that all the time. Not always setting things on fire. Just when I that that's a go to line for me. For um, basically, English is a stupid language. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um, oh my God! There's another thing. There's another line. I'm going to say it now because it's probably not, not going to be a pick. But that's also the episode with the grammar correcting robot Linguo. No, no, don't oh. say it. Don't I'm say not going to say it. It's on my list too. But I'm just saying it's that it's that episode. Say it. Say no. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But it's that. So that's a great episode. Anyway, moving on. Glenn. It might come up again later in this episode. It might. It might. I have. So many. I have one for Trilogy of Error, but I'm going to hold that out. It's not that one. It's another one. Got so many. This is what I'm going to go through. This is. I think this is. This is something we also quote in my house all the time. It's. I can see through time. <laughs> Does anyone remember that that quote? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I um, get it in a second. It'll come to me. That's Lisa's saying it. It's either oh. the super hot chili or the water at Duffland. I can't remember which one. Mm. Well, it certainly is exotic. Ooh, Lisa, is that too spicy for you? I can see through time. 
It's oh, the water duck one is I am the lizard. Uh, You're right. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. This this one is it's the, the super, it's hot, the super hot food is up who is it's a problematic up who episode. Oh, up who has oh, come oh. to live with the Simpsons? I know we can as, talk about as Apu. many of them are as all of well, them we are. We talk about we talk about Apu. this one is is he's made them a dinner and she said this these may seem a little hotter than the food you're used to to and used to and Marge says Lisa are you okay and she says I can see time she's just her face <laughs> not, not to be like confused that. with uh with homer's uh dream quest episode oh, where yeah. with the, the chili tasting yeah that's what that's i right. thought it was that's right it's uh I, my wife tells a story that we went out to some place before we had kids and went to this restaurant called singapore they apparently served singaporean cuisine and they said how hot you like it I'm like i like very hot food i said foolishly and i ate it and felt terrible and then homer like the next day i ate the leftovers <laughs> nice job thank you very good very good <laughs> I can see through time. all right monty what do you have uh i'm calling an audible i have two solid pages of quotes that i wrote down saying these are all great oh man to bring but out then... your dead round for this draft is going to be the best one ever unless we go through <laughs> another 10 rounds before we're done okay go ahead but then you mentioned 22 short films about springfield mm. and i was reminded of a one of what I think is the best crafted lines the Simpsons ever did mm. uh, in the Cletus, the slack jawed yokel segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cletus has climbed up on a telephone pole to throw some boots back on a, back on a telephone line because Brandine will, does not want to wear them and scuff up the topless dancing runway. Mm-hmm. And while he's on the telephone pole, he says, Hey, you know what? I could call my ma while I'm up here. Hey, ma! Get off the dang roof! Hey, Ma! Hey, Ma! <laughs> Get off the dang roof! <laughs> and that's got like three or four separate surprise jokes in it. <laughs> yeah. the, the build up to that is I will leave you for a woman of less discriminating taste. Yes. <laughs> Back you go to wait for a woman with less yeah. discriminating taste. Then they sing the song, and uh, it's so good. The reveal that he's not. He's just using being on a pole and not the telephone lines to call his maw, and that his maw is also on a roof. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love Cletus. Layers upon layers. Oh, man. Oh, that's so good. Now I want to watch that episode, too. This is great. Uh, Phil, what do you have? Well, Jason, I don't know if you know, there's this episode called T- 22 Short Films About Springfield. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyhow, and uh, this one has grown with me over time, and, and in large part because it—, it it's become something of a Twitter meme, but um, I do enjoy the Aurora Borealis oh my at this God. time of the year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. <laughs> Can I see it? No. Good Lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis? I- Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. May I see it? No. And that, that, I just, I love that little exchange between Skinner and uh, Superintendent Chalmers, because that is the most uh, uh, emblematic of their relationship, and uh, uh, just this wonderful moment of bullshitting that, uh, that uh, goes unpunished. And that's that that is a different portion of the that is the steamed hams conversation. Yes. That is the steam yes. So, so I want to compliment you on your incredible weird. your incredible restraint because every time I quote that I have to say the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> yes. 
Seymour, well, you're a weird fella, but you steam a mean ham. <laughs> <laughs> that whole, that, yeah, that it's whole amazing. vignette is is amazing. The the Seymour, the house is on fire. Aurora borealis, mother. The uh, the, no, it's the, just the northern lights. The regionalisms are also mm. what kill me. The upstate Sorry. New York. Yuck. Well, I'm from Utica. Well, it's more of an Albany expression. It's like he just, oh no, I have to make another lie. Oh, okay, another justification for this. It's great. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Again, layer, layers upon layers. Wow, we're like picking quotes from like two different episodes here. All right, what one word quote will John have for us next? I'm going to go back to the popular well for okay. a, a quote that I think is, uh, this is a great episode. Actually, I think I have other quotes from this episode on my list. And this is uh, emblematic of a certain kind of line on The Simpsons that I I, I sort of think of as, I don't know if... I, as early Simpsons, but as the thing that made the show distinct to me. That's the kind of stupid line that makes you do that thing where, where spit comes out of your mouth. Like, I don't <laughs> want to do the sound now, but instead of just the laugh, like it catches you so by surprise that there's a there's a sudden uh, exhale of air, air through your closed lips. Uh, if you were drinking something, you would do a spit take. Uh, and predictably, it's a Ralphie line. This is from season six, episode two, Lisa's Rival, where oh my uh, Ralphie... God. Ralphie wins uh, uh, the school contest and, and Lisa is making up with her rival as they're walking down the sidewalk and Ralphie comes by and trips and falls and says a line that I'm not picking right now. And they help <laughs> him up and they say that they're going to they're going to play they're going to play a game where they take the uh, letters of someone's name and rearrange them to be a description of the person. So they're describing this nerdy game word game and they're inviting Ralphie to play. And Ralphie says, my cat's breath smells like cat food. <laughs> that, and that was on my list. It still gets me because it's so unexpected and it's so perfect for Ralphie. And you you feel for them and you feel for Ralphie. And it is it's funny and it's stupid. And it's out of nowhere in this touching sort of like everybody hug and feel good about the lesson of the episode. And he comes out with my cat's breath smells like cat food. Classic. My cat's breath smells like cat food. It's, we quote we say that all the time in my house. It's it's like another one of the regular Simpsons quotes yeah. without any context. It's so it's, perfect. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, it's smell so your true. cat's breath. It is. <laughs> it is funny because it's true. All right, it's I, also that little boy voice. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something from an episode. Lisa the Iconoclast, which is from the seventh season. This is a classic episode in which Lisa discovers the true history of Springfield. That cha- uh, town founder Jebediah Springfield was awful. And uh, there are it's that's what it's all about. It's all about uh, kind of like finding out that that history has been whitewashed. But the most important thing in it is that this episode brought us two words that that have been used. And and so I'm going to pick as as my quote. It's a perfectly cromulent word because uh, that gets used an awful lot. And of course, embiggen the word to which. It is referring also has become used in uh, in published works as well, but it's a perfectly cromulent word. Cromulent, um, what can I say? It's a that it is itself cromulent, and therefore I have to pick. It's a perfectly cromulent word. Seventh season, I had no idea. Aren't these now in uh, dictionaries too? Yeah, one of them is like in big Cromulent is in Merriam-Webster. That is the the line to pick from that episode, but. My favorite line, and this was going to be on my list for later, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it now. And this is not a draft pick. It's just you are banned from this historical society, <laughs> you and your children and your children's children, for three months. <laughs> 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 
apparently I just like people screaming at each other on The Simpsons, I guess. I, I had I a noble spirit and Biggins the smallest yeah. man. Yes. Yeah. It's good. Very good. Um, I love that the Springfield motto it contains a made-up word. It's great. Uh, Glenn, what do you have? Oh, God, I've got so many. But Okay, I'm going to go with another popular statement in my house. So I'll, I'll do the brief quote, but then I'll, I have the longer one, too. So it's, uh, right, Lisa, some wonderful, magical animal. <laughs> is that on other people's lists? I'm sure yeah. it is. That's an amazing one. So the whole, the whole thing is from uh, Lisa the Vegetarian, uh, Season 7, Episode 5, 1995. Lisa decides to become a vegetarian. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lisa, honey. Are you saying you're never going to eat any animal again? What about bacon? No. Ham? No. Pork chop? Dad, those all come from the same animal. <laughs> yeah, right, Lisa. A wonderful, magical animal. <laughs> I, I love dumb characters being condescending about stuff. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Homer Simpson is very good at that. That is that is one of his greatest moves, is being condescending about something like that. I have several other quotes from that same episode on my list, but I had to go with that one, I think, as the top so far. I also like how that plays off of the whole, I mean, and it's the theme of that episode, that one of the things that we do to get us to not be so squeamish about eating meat is dissociate ourselves from the meat as much as possible. And... um my, I have a, I have a family member, uh, who, uh, when they were a kid did not realize that, um, that she, she knew that chicken came from chicken and fish came from fish, but did not know that beef came from cows. And, and, and pig is the best example of that, right? Where we don't say I'm going to eat some pig. There's pork, but there's also, also all these other foods that are from the pig. Um, so it's a great line. My, my older son came home one day from school. There'd been a substitute in his uh, science unit and the substitute had railed against the um the problems with uh meat and factory farming and this was apparently part of the unit but he came home and it was like a lisa simpson moment and i was like oh no we just got you to eat enough protein like we got you to eat some kinds of things that will actually help you grow and now we've taken all this off the table even though i was a vegetarian for 20 years i still have a problem <laughs> with this some oh, statistician told or scientistician told us as someone who has butchered a pig and yeah. has has a freezer full of uh, that butchered pig. Um, let me tell you, it is a magical animal. <laughs> see? Oh, it is so magical. You see, it's because in the Norman invasion, the French ate all of the good parts of the food. That's why it's a cow and a pig in the field, because that's when yes. the Anglo-Saxon peasants were allowed at it. Mm -hmm. Then it becomes pork and beef. Time for another brief sponsor break. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you in part by Skillshare an online learning community with more than 20,000 classes in technology, design, business, and much more. A Skillshare premium membership gives you unlimited access to high-quality classes, leaving you free to master must-know topics. It's a great way to improve your skills, to unlock new opportunities, and help you do the work you love better. You can take on courses like understanding web development, learn for yourself all the basics of putting together a web project, and get the skills you need to explore a career in web development. How about this? Creative nonfiction. Learn how to master the craft of writing compelling nonfiction and then put it to good use anywhere you put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard. There's even a going freelance course for those who are going to commit to the free agent lifestyle. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today. There's a special offer just for incomparable listeners. You can get two months of Skillshare for 99 cents. That's right. 99 cents, one penny short of a dollar. Go to Skillshare.com slash incomparable. That's Skillshare.com slash incomparable. Two months of unlimited access to more than 20,000 different classes 
for 99 cents. What a deal. Head there now. Start learning today. Thank you, Skillshare, for supporting The Incomparable. Monty, what's your, uh, what's your, what's your next choice? Um, this is a phrase that gets said a lot on another podcast I do sometimes, Extra Hot Great. Dear Mr. President, there are too <laughs> many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. P.S. <laughs> I am not a crackpot. Oh, I don't recognize. Which one's oh, that from? That's Grandpa, that is Grandpa Simpson. Simpson. That is the. Is that the one where he is? It's the front, right? Where he has to. Oh where they, yeah. They they have him pretend to write the um crusty or the itchy and scratchy episode. Yeah, I, I think got, it's I got the quotes episode, for that on my list. It's the episode with the first itchy and scratchy stuff in it. But P.S. I am not a crackpot. But is that's such the a letter g- he's composing <laughs> as they're visiting him at, at the retirement castle. We yeah. have too many yeah. states. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. Well, Monty, that was a really good pick. P.S. I am not a crackpot. Uh, Phil, (laughs) what is your choice? Well, Jason, I don't know if you know this, but there's an episode called Trilogy of Error. Oh, that's a good one. I do like that (laughs) episode. And in this episode, there's a delightful grammar robot Mm. um, who comes to a (laughs) bad end. Is there ever a non-delightful grammar robot? There is not. Quite true. That's really redundant. Well, anyhow, the robot comes to a bad end. He's blowed to smithereens. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Homer discovers him and says, Linguo, dead. Linguo. (laughs) Is his final breath, Linguo fulfills his function, which is correcting bad grammar. Wonderful. Oh, I I mean, it was on my list, which is why I mentioned it earlier. It is it is great. That one comes up an awful lot. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, not one where you would have you would think there would be practical uses to use it in everyday conversation, but um, yeah say it all the time absolutely absolutely linguo poor linguo doing his job till the end i say uh that's such a great episode uh john what do you have well this is a uh quote that i guess becomes more resonant as time passes but it's it's like a universal truth which is why it worked back in 1996 when it was said on the simpsons but it like I, it's one of those quotes it's it's haha funny isn't that true but then kind of gets more depressing with time, I don't know. Uh, it's from Treehouse of Horror 7, uh, Season 8, Episode 1. And one of the little stories in, in that Treehouse of Horror episode is, uh, I, f- I forget, it's two political candidates. Uh, both turn out to be uh, Kang and Kodos disguised as as politicians. And they're up there on the podium uh, debating each other. And their their human skins are shed. And they're revealed as giant tentacled aliens, uh, w- waving their tentacles constantly while they're talking in the way that they do. And uh, one of them, I forget which, says, it's a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. And some uh, enterprising uh, young person in the audience says, well, I believe I'll vote for a third-party candidate. And the quote I'm picking is from one of them saying, go Go ahead, throw throw your vote away. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is like, it's funny back then. It's like, you know what? If if the Democrat and Republican were tentacled aliens, what choice would we really have? Uh, and this is before like Nader in 2000, right? So it was 1996, and just just depressing realities about the about the political system which we live delivered as a funny line that the more you think about it, the more your smile just turns upside down. Go ahead, throw your vote away. <laughs> <laughs> 
all that said, if I ever do mount a political campaign, my slogan will be abortions for some, miniature American flags for <laughs> yes. others. Yes. It's not get my vote. Get, I've considered a bumper sticker that says, don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. Those are, yep, those yes. are out there. Okay, so, and twirling, twirling, <laughs> always twirling. <laughs> Toward freedom, yeah. I could, all of those would be quotes on my on my list of, of things I would pick because I do say, don't blame me, I voted for Kodos, always twirling toward freedom. And of course, yes, uh, abortions for some, small American flags for others. <laughs> the, the aliens have cracked our political system. Uh, but with my next pick, I'm going to pick uh, something different. I think representative of how long The Simpsons has been going. You know, somebody at some point did the math about the passage of time in the TV show MASH and discovered that everything depicted in the TV show MASH, if you say, like, this took a day, this took a, two days, this episode took two days, it's longer than the run of the Korean War, the entirety of the Korean War. You can't literally can't fit MASH in the Korean War that it's about. Yeah. That, and, that and they celebrated, like, multiple Christmases. Yeah, it's, there's it's, one episode that goes eight months. Yeah, so it's impossible. Even if they interleave, it's like there's too much mash for the Korean War. Well, the Simpsons now going on thirty years. There's so much <laughs> that happens to these characters in so many different ways that it's hard. First off, to imagine something that hasn't been done fifteen years before. Um, Simpsons and, did it, and so there's an amazing line. And I looked it up, and shockingly, it's from season nine. So they're already making fun nine years in about how nobody can remember remember even the characters can no longer remember what happens in the show and this episode is the episode where apu gets married it's called the two mrs nahasa pima petalons but the point is they they have a indian wedding there is an elephant and bart says to lisa oh man i wish i had an elephant (laughs) which leads to lisa saying this line which i'm picking now because we say this all the time you did his name was stampy you loved him because bart has forgotten what happened (laughs) in an earlier episode of The Simpsons. She's she's more exasperated than that. Yeah. She she sounds really annoyed by him. You did. His name was Stampy. You loved him. Yes. And I love that because, again, oh, Bart forgot that episode of The Simpsons that he was in. It's great. That's Mm -hmm. so great. And that comes up all the time. It's the the great... Uh, uh, as you say, the problem with long-running sitcoms, like with The Odd Couple, they had like six episodes where Oscar and Felix explain how they first met, and <laughs> each one, each one more improbable than the last. <laughs> it's different every time. Yeah, so I, I, I love that, and I love the fact that it was already happening in season nine. Um, I can't even imagine now um, how complicated. Maybe they just really don't care anymore. I don't know because uh, again, I haven't seen it in a decade. Glenn, what do you have next? As I say, later, the comic book guy fills that role later for continuity purposes. Mm. He's always carping as you get further along. I, oh, it, this is really, it's astonishing how many things like I'm fighting against myself. I'm like drafting in my brain. Uh, Jason, there's an episode you, you may not have heard of. It's called, no, wait, I'm not going to do Trilogy of Error. I got one left from that though. Uh, this, this is again, one we use in our house all the time. It's only one question remains, gentlemen. What do we call ourselves? How about handsome Homer Simpson plus three? I like it. Uh, Wait, I do not. No, we need a name that's witty at first, but that seems less funny each time you hear it. How about the B sharps? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. 
Oh, well, the story, kids. Anyway, 1993. It was a long time ago. B Sharps is like making lemons, uh, making uh, lemonade out of lemons in the writer's room when you come up with a line that it first <laughs> strikes you as it might be funny, but you realize it's probably not good enough to be in the episode. Then you make the joke about that and it works. It gets in. I thought it was an accurate description of what a lame pun the Beatles is. Yes. Oh, yeah, They're like yeah. the crickets, but with, with a beat. That was still the time in my life before I knew that the Beatles was a music pun. So and they <laughs> and they have the the Beatles wrap up at the end where they do the the Let It Be. Uh, thing I hope on the we roll. pass the audition. Also, a reference to the baby on board sign, which was very yes. common. <laughs> it was a joke about a slightly dated reference that is now no. a tremendously <laughs> dated reference. Baby on board, something something, Bert Ward. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they have a song about C. Everett so Coop. Good. Oh yeah. Boop, boop, doop. That is a great episode full of great moments, but I do think there's nothing better than being able to describe that sense of, of bad of bad pun. They're all under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> um, Monty, what about you? Uh, well, uh, quotes from dialogue are great, but there have been some really good songs in The Simpsons. Yeah, Jason. there have. And I realize I'm talking like I'm in a clip show. And then we just kind of look into the distance and it was yeah, like, everything's getting wavy here. Oh, wait, no, that's the bourbon. <laughs> so from the many, many brilliant songs, I'm going to pick Like My Loafers, Former Gophers. It was that or Skin My Chauffeurs. Like my loafers, former gophers. It was that or skin my chauffeurs, but a greyhound for tuxedo would be best. So let's prepare these dogs. Kill two for matching dogs. See my vest, see my vest. Oh, please, won't you see my vest? I really like the vest. <laughs> <laughs> I, a um, perfect pun. Every time, every now and then, I will see somebody with a notable vest, and I will say, "He really <laughs> likes the vest." Uh, <laughs> I, I, I um, will let you finish. But the greatest uh, Simpsons song parody is the um, "I'm an Amendment to Be, Just an Amendment to Be" uh, uh, parody of the Schoolhouse Rock videos. Hmm, I didn't even have that on my top two. That's a, there's and a that, lot of good it, ones out there. With, with the throwaway line, we need another Vietnam to thin out their ranks. Oh. Well, that Which one is, is brilliant. relatively <laughs> dark for the for a primetime series on Fox. <laughs> if you sing I, it, it doesn't count. You can slide a lot of stuff by when you sing it. <laughs> oh, I was trying to think. What was the thing Mr. Burns says where he can't actually kill everyone? He says, "Oh, you're all standing there looking like little Rory Calhouns." Yes. Yeah, Rory Cal- <laughs> who, who, I, I use that one all that the time. That should have been on my list. <laughs> that that actor is always standing. Rory Calhoun. I, I've explained that joke to my kids. That's how often I've used it because I felt bad saying it around them. And I'm like, look, I can explain this to you. I'm not just, it makes some kind of sense. Just remember the 2018 is closer to the 1970s than the 1970s were to the 1940s, just to make you feel old. All right, uh, Phil, what's yours? I'm going to go with my favorite stupid joke from The Simpsons. Um, and it's from the Homie the Clown episode, and it's uttered by one of Fat Tony's henchmen. When both uh, Homer and Krusty the Clown are dressed as Krusty the Clown. I, I believe this uh. is Knuckle, Knuckles who says this. I'm seeing double here. Four Krusties. I'm seeing double here. Four Krusties. 
because there are just two of them. He's seen double, so there are four of them. It's, it's an idiotic joke. And yet every, I, I laugh and laugh and laugh every time I hear it. Like the math simple checks out. That is the double. The, yeah, that is the, that's the same premise more or less as "Hey Ma, get off the dang roof." Where yeah. you're like, yeah. "Oh, I see the joke." Here. Oh, yeah. I, I like that's kind of the same joke as when Bart and Lisa are looking for Krusty, so they have a balloon with his face on it, and first they're shown a small person named Handsome Pete who dances for nickels. So then they blow the uh, balloon up bigger. They go, "Oh, oh, I understand. You want a full size face." For some reason, I feel like that's the same joke. Yeah, the other the other great um, dumb Simpsons joke, um, and and it's not really a quote so much as it is a sign. Is there is a sign in one of the episodes that's Sneed's feed and seed, formerly Chuck's, <laughs> <laughs> and they just leave it there. Uh, John, what do you have next? This is a comic book line. He has a lot of good ones, but this this I feel like it must have been early. Well, no, maybe not. Season 10, episode 9. Sorry, not early. <laughs> it really really encapsulated uh, comic book guy and all that he represents. Again, I think ahead of the curve on how we now come to view the person who was being parodied by comic book man. Uh, and sorry, comic book guy. Yes. He's not a man. Uh, and so he's he's at the, I think it's the one with Bymon Sci-Fi Con, which is another great <laughs> title. <laughs> it's got Mark Hamill and, and everything. And so he's, he's there and he's going through like uh, long boxes of comic books and he's uh, complaining about someone has misfiled uh, some comic book in the wrong place. And uh, a woman comes up to him and says that she'd like to buy this uh, stack of water-damaged, uh, what are there, some, some kind of comic series. Uh, and he corrects her that it's not water, it's Mr. Pibb. And there's the he, he looks at her and her, her braces shine in the light. And there's this little love moment between them. And he, he, he turns on the charm. He says, tell me, how do you feel about 45-year-old virgins who still live with their parents? And her comeback is, surprisingly, her comeback is, comb the sweet tarts out of your beard and you're on. Uh, and his reply to that is, don't try to change me, baby. And he turns. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to change me, baby. He is so incredibly set in his ways that the most improbable thing happens. A beautiful woman who's into comic books is there. And, and he puts it all on the line. Says, Look, I'm 45. I'm a virgin. I live with my parents. I like comic books. What do you think? And she's willing to go for it. If he'll just comb the sweet tarts out of his beard. Don't try to change me. He's not willing to move an inch towards anyone else's expectations of him. And that's why he is alone. So that that's the episode with Mark Hamill in it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is um, that's just mayored, to show you how... Mayored to the mob from season 10. How pervasive The Simpsons is. My, my, my daughter has never seen an episode of The Simpsons. And yet, because she lives with me and... and, and and her mother, obviously, um, uh, she will sing "Luke be a Jedi tonight" to the, <laughs> to the "Luck be a lady tonight." Yeah, by Mon Saifakon really stuck with me because every time I see one of those conferences that go, that goes to plays in my head like a little song. Mm-hmm. By Mon Saifakon, and like inflammable, but is it biweekly that means both things? By monthly mm-hmm. means both things. Right? Have you guys seen that uh, Mark Hamill commercial from Japan that went around a couple months ago? No. Oh, it it looks just like Luke be a Jedi tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for mine, I'm going back to A Star is Burns, the bad episode that's also good and very quotable for the obvious, but it has to be done because I say it all the time. It's out there in the world. And it's this. Smithies, are they booing me? Uh, no, they're saying 
Boo-Earns. Boo-Earns. Are you saying boo or boo-Earns? Boo! I was saying boo-Earns. Yes. <laughs> Hans Molman's greatest moment. Besides getting a football in the groin. Yes, but boo, boo, the, the fact that boo-Earns is just a thing now that we say, in my house anyway, boo-Earns is just, that's just what it is. Poor Monty Burns, who discovers, yes, they are they are booing, except for Hans Molman, who is, I was just saying booerns. Uh, in that episode, the, who knew? Uh, put your name back on it, Matt Groening. It wasn't that bad. There's lots of great stuff in there. Um, Glenn, it's your turn. Oh, so many. I know we're going to do a Bring Out the Dead, right? Yeah, we are, but the uh, we're, not, uh, right. we're not there yet. These picks uh, are okay, live. I'm going with- They're live. I'm going with this. This is from season 11. We're getting really late here. 1999. Uh, This is... Holy Moses, it does taste like grandma. I want more. What? What is the... No, do you remember that one? No. This is the Tamako episode. It's from E-I-E-I. I I remember that one. It's got a bunch of... It's like, eh, this Tamako tastes like grandma. I don't taste that, Ralph. Holy Moses, it does taste like grandma. This is the genetically engineered tomato that is full of yes. uh, nicotine or whatever it is, right? Yes, he's he's used a little bit of, uh, you know, radioactive fluid to cause them to fuse. And of course, because life imitates art, a scientist, in fact, made Tamako. Later, he was able to mix nightshade and tobacco and create a Tamako. I don't know if it tastes like grandma, though, but it did actually happen. Wow. Yeah, we live in that time. Didn't talk too much. That knowledge. joke's not going to make sense uh, in a, a generation or so when <laughs> few, far fewer grandmothers smoke, right? Like it was yeah. accepted that grandma is a chain smoker, but now not so much. Oh, I thought you meant that everything would be transgenetic and we just wouldn't know about it. We'd be like, what do you mean? The tomatoes and tobacco know or something. Tomatoes crops. taste like nicotine. Maybe. Maybe. We'll find out. Well, yeah, Hold on for the ride. And that, that uh, episode is, uh, is the episode titled E I E I Dope. Oh, um, Monty. Um, I feel bad about this, but I, it's, uh, Jasper. Jasper is his name. The old guy with the weird <sighs> rectangular beard. Uh-huh. At some point, and I do not remember when, he says, slow down. The wa- sidewalks for regular walking, not for <laughs> fancy walking. <laughs> he has so many great lines. And I think that very often when people are using the sidewalk for fancy walking. For fancy walking. What is fancy walking, Monty? Uh, I think it was running. Ah, I see. But is that I, from an episode called Trilogy of Error? No. No, it's from know. 22 short films? No. I, I, I still don't know. I um I think the greatest Jasper line is that's a paddling. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm. But c- can I throw this past you? Moon pie. What a time to be alive. <laughs> you just pulled that off my coming uh bring out the dead list. That's my favorite uh square beardy guy line. You, you don't like oh apu, your once young features have been ravaged by the passages of time. Slow down. Sidewalks for regular walking, not for fancy walking. Oh, that that's from uh Who Shot Mr. Burns Part Two. Oh, you're right. Oh, of course it is. Cause uh Mr. Burns is staggering around bleeding. That's what fancy walking take yeah. consists of. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. But I live in Seattle. People are always using those uh little one wheeled things that you stand on, like you're in the comic strip oh. BC. Yeah, mm. fancy Scooters. walking. Fancy walking. That's that's good. I, I Jasper. That's a good character. That's that's uh, a lot of funny lines from the uh, older characters in The Simpsons. Phil, what's yours? I'm gonna go with one. Um, it's either it's I think either season one or season two. Um, because I remember um, 
me and my friends in high school uh, using this line on each other, and it cracked us up because we were a bunch of a bunch of theater nerds. But it's from Krusty Gets Busted, and it's from uh, Chief Wiggum, uh, and he says, "This is when uh, Homer is brought in to the police lineup to uh, see who robbed the Quickie Mart." All right, boys, send in the clowns, and they bring in. Uh, uh, the the parade of people, and one of them is crusty. And Homer says, "If the crime is making me laugh, they're all guilty." <laughs> so so I, I just love that exchange, mm. and it's uh, classic early Simpsons. Yeah. And if you want to go back to the the miss of time, that was when we knew that this was going to be a show that we'd still be talking about when we're all toothless old men. Yep, it's true. When we're all in the uh, happy uh, retirement home with Grandpa Simpson and Jasper complaining about the fancy walking okay john what do you have next another long one i don't know why i started getting long towards the end but i did this is season eight episode 17 my sister my sitter where lisa is babysitting uh for the flanders and uh she's uh, there was there's a preceding scene where they're menaced by a moth which is also funny but eventually they're doing their prayers uh rod and todd are doing their prayers in their bed and lisa is behind them and uh i I mean i i can't i can't pull one thing out of it because it's the whole the whole quote that does it for me it's not not particularly funny but it resonates with me it resonated with me even before i was a parent and even more so now that i am and so this is uh the younger one who's the younger one uh rod maybe i don't know he says please make lisa tell us a bedtime story about robots named rod and todd amen she's praying he's praying this and uh, lisa comes and says uh, says okay i'll give you the story she says once there was a robot named todd and he says, did he have a brother? Yes, he had a brother robot named Rod, who was two space years older than him. And then and then Rod says, <laughs> I don't like this story. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, the experience. And I don't know why I found it so funny before I had kids, but it rings totally true of like, mm-hmm. you're trying to be nice to children. And the thing that, that made him scared is that he was two space years older than him, not regular years. And that was enough. That was enough to say, I don't like this story because two space years older. And they're they're so tame in that family. And they're so, you know, terrified of everything in the entire world. It still cracks me up to this day. The the uh, the innocence of children that we laugh at. But then when you have actual children, realize it is actually a real thing. Who's up for some ice milk? <laughs> yeah. Uh, nacho <laughs> slander style. That's cucumbers with cottage cheese on them. I watched some of that episode today because I was trying to figure out if there was a quote that could be had out of my favorite moment. There isn't. But since you mentioned the episode, it's when Bart makes a newspaper that says extra, extra Todd smells. And Todd (laughs) asks, is your source reliable? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Rod and Todd voices. I mean, they they have I think this is their longest uh, stretches of dialogue that they have rather than just coming in for a little quip. But they 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 just crack me up on their own. All right. uh, For my choice, I'm going to go to uh, season. What is this season uh, five episode Homer and Apu? You know this because it's got the great musical number. It who needs the quickie mart where uh, featuring Homer's impeccable timing. Where he says the Quickie Mart is real, no, when he's supposed to be rhyming with Quickie Mart. Yes. Immediately following that, the uh, they they solve everything through song. Uh, who needs the Quickie Mart? Apu says, "Not me." The song ends. The Apu leaves the room, and then this is what Homer says: "Well, everything really wrapped up nicely." And he looks at his watch. Hmm, much quicker than usual. 
<laughs> I love that because this is this is uh, the end of Act Two, and there is of course a third act. Uh, this is when, um, of course, in another great line, we cut to the roof, and Apu is singing a reprise of the song, revealing who needs the quickie mart. I do. And Homer gets very angry and says, he lied through us through song. I hate it when people do that. But the line that I love is, everything really wrapped up nicely and much quicker than usual. <laughs> and that's something that we say in our house all the time. Uh, Glenn, what's next? I, I, I live in a single room above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know why I saved it this long. That's from Homer's Enemy, Season 8. And, oh, Grimesy. Uh, Grimesy. <laughs> That is, there's something about, it's so wonderful. So this is kind of that, like, they're only eight seasons in, and we know all the tropes, we know what's going on, and they've started to get into, like, meta-meta parody. Mm-hmm. So, right, right Frank because Grimes the show is, is so old at that point. Eight, so years, old, eight years old. They've they run they out have of nowhere ideas. else to go no. but to reference well, itself. To be fair, most shows don't get to eight years no, old. No, oh, yeah. It's totally, and they're also making, like, 30-something episodes a season of animation or whatever. It was crazy. What they pulled off. I mean, I'm like, wait, episode 23 of animation in a season? So this is Frank Grimes. great episode. Frank Grimes uh, is, you know, he studied. He worked really hard. Mr. Burns sees him on TV. Smithers hired this man. I want him here. By the time he shows up, he says, who is this? He's that man you wanted. Well, there's a, this dog that saved a child. I want him our newer vice president. And so Grimes gets a job, and he and he is super competent, and everyone is continuously making excuses for Homer, and he's sort of exposing how terrible Homer is continuously. So you know, Marge's like, invite him over to the house, and he's like, your house is a palace. I live in a single room above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. <laughs> oh, it's so good, it's so good. Oh, Frank Grimes. That's one of the super dark episodes that I know a lot of people who are watching <laughs> The Simpsons found it too dark. Yeah, and they felt like yeah, the show no, has gone. I'm, the show has gone I'm too far for me now. I'm one of those people where, where yeah, this is funny, but it's really kind of makes well, me feel it's bad. A, it's Saint, Saint Man in an insane world thing because it's like it's a regular person dropped into The Simpsons, not understanding, and the, it, you know it. It, I think a lot of uh, like Twilight Zone episodes do things like this, where eventually he just goes mad as if if I was Homer, I could grab these bare electrical wires or whatever <laughs> his downfall is at the end of it. Like it's just you, you, if. Any person who plays The Simpsons, yeah, he's too real for the world. This is like the uh, the Fry's dog episode of Futurama, which which a lot of people they walked away from the show from that because it was so upsetting. This was but not quite that upsetting. He's right. If Homer had grabbed those wires, he would have you know vibrated, and you'd see his skeleton. And then he'd mm-hmm. sit up and go, mm, "That sure hurt." Yep. Oh, Homer. Ah, that's really good, Monty. What do you have next? Uh, I have a quote from the episode, The Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Which has a million billion great lines in it. It does. I'm going to go with the one I say the most often. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? Oh, that was on my list. Definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot Be- that line. Because whatever you're talking about. There's always a fireworks factory <laughs> that they should hurry up and get to. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? I thought you were going to quote the title card about Poochie's fate. Oh, uh, well, hold I have on that now. farther down on my sheet. There's more show to go. I believe I could go 20 quotes deep on just that episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um. All right. Uh, Phil, what do you have? Well, Jason, there's this episode. No one's really talked about it yet. It's uh, the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show. <laughs> okay. Um, Never heard of it. And uh, it, it, uh, as a side hustle, I occasionally uh, uh, do recaps of uh, TV shows for, for 
various websites. And one of the ones that I, I, I did was a show called The Affair on Showtime. Um, and there were, there's a character on there played by Dominic West I really hate. And um, in one season of the show, he was stabbed. And I turned to my wife as we were watching the show, and I said to her, Yay! Poochie's dead! <laughs> <laughs> and that is something that I say anytime there is a character in a show or a movie that I don't like who dies or is kicked off the show. Yay! Poochie's dead! It works in any situation. Poochie's dead! <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, John, what quote do you have from the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show? <laughs> I, I thought he was going to do Poochie died on his way back to his home planet. Is that your pick? No, I thought that's oh. what, the, what Phil was just trying to do, but he didn't. Sniping. He missed it. Nope. Sniping. No, because that's not what I say. Yeah. Yay, Poochie's dead! <laughs> just love the cell animation as they drag it. They're like Sharpie scribed. All right, I guess I'm going to go to another one of my popular ones, mostly because I think I misinterpreted it the first time I heard it, and it's cemented in my mind in the alternate, I guess not misinterpreted, it's an alternate interpretation of it, and I like the alternate one better, and that's how I think of it. Uh, It's another Ralphie line. I had a bunch of Ralphie lines. I tried to trim it down to just my favorites. Uh, uh, This is where, what is it, Lisa the Vegetarian season seven, episode five. Yay. At some point, I don't even remember in the rest of the episode that everyone was told to go to sleep. And Ralphie says, oh, boy, sleep. That's where I'm a Viking. <laughs> yes. which, That's on my list. I, which I think that what they're trying to say is he when he goes to sleep often, he dreams that he's a Viking. But my interpretation of it when I watched that show on broadcast television, whatever that year it was, right, was that he was saying that he's really good at sleep. And that's where I'm a Viking was like a metaphor of how good he is at sleeping. And no, that's I, the right interpretation. Uh, and no, I no, latched no. onto that saying, like, that, that, you know, I, too, am a great sleeper. Sleep is where I'm. And when I quote that line, I'm trying to say that that is the realm in which I excel. That's where I'm a Viking. Where I think the actual line in the show was that he has dreams that he's a Viking. Yeah, I think I, I think, think so. That's that's exactly but I, right. But, yeah. I like, yes. but I like mine no. better. It, that's where I, I'm Glenn, a Viking. When art, I say it means that's where I excel. Great art can be interpreted more than one way. And mm-hmm. Ralph Wiggum quotes <laughs> are definitely art. art. It's true. That's right. You're right. All right, with my pick, I'm going to go to this episode uh, called uh, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. Uh, I know it's a, <laughs> obscure. It's a little bit yeah, obscure. No but there's a run on quotes here. No one here. really talks about it ever. I am also not going to quote the title card that gets inserted that said Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. Because while that is a great gag, because it is literally just handwritten and dropped in, not animated oh. into the into the thing at the last <laughs> minute, just to prevent any question of whether Poochie will that's ever right. come to, back. To really, twist, to really twist the knife on yeah. Poochie. To say. <laughs> that's not the thing that I quote all the time. I qual- uh, However, I do say whenever a show does something that is nonsensical because they decided to just make a change in the storyline and they don't really care, like the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show, I will say, Poochie came from another planet? I guess. <laughs> Which is their reaction <laughs> to that quote. I love that. It's like, uh, I guess we're supposed to accept that premise? Yeah. J- Jason, I have to slightly correct you. Although they said Poochie died on his way to the home planet... The real nail they put in his coffin, and this was often cut out in syndication, is that then they cut to Krusty holding a signed scroll promising Poochie would never return to the show. (laughs) Yeah, 
Sure. I mean, he's I not coming. I saw that. He's not coming back. But I love that that suddenly there's some canon about him coming from another planet that is put in. Oh. It's like, but is that part? I guess. I guess. This is a good point. They cut about a minute from the shows and syndication. So if you have the DVDs or Blu-rays, right, you're seeing the real thing. Mm. Say, if I if I were to bet on the line, Jason, that you would have picked from that, I would have gone with "Shut up, Roy." Put a sock in it, Roy. Put a sock in it, Roy. Yeah, that's a great one too. Uh. There's so many, so many good ones. All right, I think we're going to do one more round, and then we're going to bring out our dead. So, Glenn, one last official pick. Oh man, I got a few. I think I'm going to go with this one. Hello, Mr. Thompson. I think he's talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Cape Fear yeah. season five. Uh, That's a. <laughs> that is that is such a beautifully layered, perfect show. That we we quote that again. I don't know. Maybe my house is only full of Simpson quotes, but yeah. But that I think he's. We just say it by itself. I think he's talking to you <laughs> in that tone of voice. We know exactly sir, sir, what we mean. Since this is the last round, I'm gonna just throw this out here Please. now. Not even the best line from that episode. That would be. Oh no, that's just German for the Bart the. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yes. Uh, and the whole thing where he sings the entire score of uh, it's not Pirates of Penzance. What's the. Uh, uh, the HMS Pinafore. HMS, yeah, HMS. I'll send you. I'll send you to heaven before I send you to hell. Sideshow Bob is the best. Yeah, Sideshow Bob. Even my favorite quote from that episode is when Bart is on the boat and he runs to the front and there's alligators and he runs to the back and there's electric eels. <laughs> he runs to the front and there's alligators and he says, "Oh yeah, I love that he forgot that in <laughs> like the- a second and a half." <laughs> also, the for no reason, take him away, toys. Mm. Oh, what he said. <laughs> uh, and and of course uh, Charlie Pierce, the the uh, political writer, often refers to the stepping on a field full of rakes, which oh is uh, a reference to uh, uh, Slide, Slide Slide Bob. Bob. Wow, no. the Bart, the no. Monty, your last official no. pick. Oh, that rake noise reminds me of this one Doom mod I played a lot. <laughs> I think I think it was the noise the imps made. Um, oh God, oh God. Um, okay, uh, Millhouse. Is Bart's friend. Yes. And at one point, Milhouse is talking to Bart about how Bart's dog has been repossessed by the credit card company because <laughs> of this scam Bart was doing. And Milhouse says that the dog was bad, and Bart says he wasn't. And Milhouse says, Remember the time he ate my goldfish and you lied to me and said I never had any goldfish? Then why'd I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? <laughs> but why'd I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the ball? That's the part where where the character and performance sells what would otherwise be a middle of the road joke because it's yeah. Milhouse saying it because he is so so rarely that <laughs> insistent about anything. Yep, but the way he says it just you creates the whole world of that whole argument that happened at some point <laughs> in the past. That Milhouse probably that, accepted that he didn't have a goldfish and then mm-hmm, he went home and he, he went figured it out uh, eventually. Yep, and it came out that not very good episode about the lemon tree that gets stolen. Millhouse oh. has a lot along the lines where he meets a where he meets another Millhouse oh. and says, "This is what it feels like when dumps cry." I've got <laughs> a quote from that episode on my list. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, well then. Yes. At the end here, we'll just have a bonus track with the with Monty's three pages of quotes. We're <laughs> <laughs> not there yet, Phil. What's your last pick? So, um, since I've already done wisely, did the. Uh, the Bart the I'm going to go with a um, <laughs> quote from uh, Brother's Little Helper, which is um, my favorite uh, quote from a, a Simpsons guest star, 
which is fr- said by Mark McGuire. Do you want to know the terrifying truth? Or do you want to see me suck a few dingers? Dingers! Dingers! Joink! <laughs> is that better than any of the Homer at the Bat lines? No. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. No, because I have a homeward the bat line coming up, but that well, is a, then we'll we'll get to that. That is a very funny uh, line. My second my second choice for a guest star line is from the Burns <laughs> Casino one, where it's uh, 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 oh oh I'll stop then because I've been I've been told to stop. Someone's giving me the cut. Yeah, sign. the play out music. That, that may be that may be my pick here, <laughs> John. What's your okay. what's your pick? I've realized a lot of mine are dumb. This is another dumb one. <laughs> uh, it's it's a. It's from season 11, episode 21. It's a mad, 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 mad Marge, where it was one of the many episodes where Marge is jealous that Homer it might be cheating on her with somebody. I don't even remember who the, uh, it was like the, the, someone who's engaged to be married to someone who died. I don't remember. Anyway, there's, there's a love interest. And Marge, of course, is upset that uh, she, that the love interest is coming, coming on to Homer and she's mad about it. And at one point she's grumbling and she's driving away from an encounter. And she says, why do I always think of the, the perfect thing to say when it's too late? You know, like that you did, she didn't have the line in the moment, right? That's earlier in the episode. Towards the end of the episode, I think there's a gap here. Works better if there's a gap. Uh, you forget about that that scene where the, there is a punchline to that scene, which I'm not going to say right now because it's the same punchline later. So they, they deliver the punchline earlier. Why do I think why did I think of the first thing to say? I should have said X. Uh, you laugh. Fine. Later in the episode, she finally can, confronts uh, the, the woman who's uh, putting the moves on Homer, whose name is Becky. And we should just admit that Becky is a funny sounding name. Uh, and she she breaks off the end of a giant ice cream cone in an ice cream shop and menaces Becky with it. And so she breaks the thing off, shoves it at her and says, shut up, Becky. <gasps> shut up, Becky. Which is her line that she that the perfect thing that she wanted to say from before that she couldn't remember was simply "shut up, Becky." And they already yes, used that; yes. they already used it as a punchline earlier in the episode. And they hope you've forgotten about it, and they get a second laugh out of it at the end of the episode by just having having her yell that. Now, oh, there, I finally said it. She also uh, throws uh, sprinkles at a bunch of people's eyes, and they say, "Ah, Jimmy's my eyes," uh, which is only works if you know that Jimmy's are sprinkles. Right, it's true. Shut up, Becky. Which I think in my head a lot, but usually don't say out loud because you have to say it in the Marge voice. And what if you're not talking to Becky? Then you just look crazy. Everybody's a Becky in the end. All right. I'm going to go with a stupid (laughs) uh, Homer line here at the end, even though I I really wanted to get the Robert Goulet line, which we will probably mention in a minute. Is it 22 short films about Springfield? It it is not. It is. um, Five short season. It's from season four. (laughs) Brother from the same planet. Where Homer, Homer has a uh, has Pepe, his young his young adopted son, and the exchange is, "Oh, Papa Homer, you are so learned." <laughs> learned son, it's pronounced learned. <laughs> <laughs> that was in my mental list. I didn't write it down. Again, that, that is in the the Homer. Again, he's very good at at being wrong. <laughs> things. Yes. So I'll I'll go out with that. The, the, the condescending idiot. Yep. Oh yeah. Perfect. Just wonderful. All right, let's bring out your dead, Glenn. What? What? Say a bunch of things that you like that you didn't get to say yet. <laughs> oh, I, I'll I'll be brief. So in the uh, the Lisa the vegetarian episode has a million quotes, but the one where the pig goes flying through the air, it's still good. It's still good as it keeps going through pipes and things and water. Uh, when I grow up, I'm going to Bovine University. 
It's also good. Um, <laughs> Ralph Wiggum says after he sees the film with the scientician in it. Someone just was talking about scientists today. I think it might have been Tony Sindelar today or yesterday. Uh, a certain agitator for privacy's sake. Let's call her Lisa S. No, that's too obviously. Uh, let's say L. Simpson. <laughs> that's a great line. Uh, near the end of it, uh, Lisa goes and tries to eat a hot dog at the Quickie Mart, and Apu informs her it's actually a tofu dog. No meat whatsoever, and only thrice the fat of a normal hot dog. <laughs> I I quote that line regularly. Um, let's see. We did the B-sharps line, and dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. <laughs> Lisa needs braces. From last exit of Springfield. Uh, there's the episode in which Homer is outshone as employee of the month by inanimate carbon rod. He says, inanimate, huh? I'll show him inanimate. And he stands there in a fierce frozen pose till lights go down. Uh, a thumb is not a finger from an episode you might have heard of, Jason's called Trilogy of Error. Huh. Maybe not. Um, there's a great line from a Repo Man in I Am Furious Yellow, season 13, very late, in which the Repo Man is, is uh, there as a dot-com firm uh, that Bart's working for, oh, it looks like they went belly up like all the other net companies. Millhouse looks like the bubble burst, Bart. Bubbles can burst. And this is the line. Repo Man says, yeah, but it's a golden age for the repo business. One that shall never end. Uh, Grandpa, that's right. I did the Iggy from the front uh, when he gets the check. Yes. And, um, oh, here's the last one I got. This is from the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, season 10. Homer's eating from a black bag of flour. And Marge says, oh, honey, don't <laughs> eat that. Wouldn't you rather have your sugar bag? And Homer <laughs> says, I don't deserve sugar. Uh, That's it. <laughs> That's it. All right. Monty. Uh, also from the Lisa the Vegetarian episode, don't kid yourself, Jimmy. If a cow ever got the chance, he'd eat you and everyone you cared about. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's see. I didn't do a bunch of Ralph lines, but I certainly could have, including my favorite Ralph line. Me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's great. I forgot that one. Which just killed me the first time I heard it. Um, I'm kind of surprised Phil didn't say this one. All our founding fathers, astronauts, and World Series heroes have been either drunk or on cocaine. Okay, sure. Um, I'd like to hear Dwight Eisenhower say that, frankly, but that's <laughs> another show. When I say a lot, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your, your newsletter. newsletter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. This is a Cletus line. I say, anytime I am paid for anything, kids, we're eating dinner tonight. <laughs> Whenever I park somewhere in a public parking lot, I will say either, remember, we're parked under the sun sphere, or remember, we parked in the itchy lot. <laughs> oh. oh, do you remember? What's the one? It's, we're directly beneath the Earth's sun now. Yes. That's also. Um... The other uh, great music quote I was going to go with is I hate every ape I see from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, such a good line. Uh, let's see. Nobody snuggles with max power. You strap yourself in and feel the G's. <laughs> uh, something I say to myself about two thirds of the way through any panel at a convention talk to the audience. Oh, this part is always death. <laughs> <laughs> And although I have many more, oh. I will just end by saying, according to the gas chromatograph, the secret ingredient is love. <laughs> Who's been screwing with this thing? <laughs> All right, Phil. Okay. From Deep Space Homer, the aforementioned episode in which there is an inanimate carbon rod. Mm. Uh, in, in a way, you're both winners. But in another more accurate way, <laughs> Barney is the winner. <laughs> 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 
From Bart's friend falls in love, we started out like Romeo and Juliet, but it ended in tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) From Little Big Mom, stupid sexy Flanders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Nothing at all. From you you only live twice, and I love this because it is the Simpsons has been the Simpsons have been on the air so long. This is now a dated joke. This is when um, Hank Scorpio uh, buys the Denver Broncos for oh, uh, yeah. for Homer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Denver Broncos. I think it's great that you own the Denver Broncos. You just don't understand football, Marge. Yep. And since then, the Denver Denver Broncos have won like three or four Super yep. Bowls. So, uh, and he that, wanted the Cowboys. Yes, very much so. Um, from the Bart on the Road episode, uh, 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 when they come out of the uh, showing of the Naked Lunch. I can think of two things wrong with that title. <laughs> My Ralph Wiggum line from Das Bus tastes like burning. Oh, it tastes like burning. That was on my yes. list. Absolutely. That also has the great ending line. And then yeah. the children were rescued by, oh, oh let's say Mo. Let's say Mo. <laughs> yes. Uh, from the episode where they go to Krusty Land, Surly only looks out for Surly. Um, since no one has said the great Robert Goulet line from the casino episode, your manager says, shut up. Vera said that. Vera said that. So that, uh, that would be my list. I see. I skipped my lemon of Troy line. So to convince Phil that episode is worthwhile. Uh Uh-huh. Millhouse, you and me will be Omega team. Todd, you and data are team strike force. Nelson, that leaves you and Martin team discovery (laughs) channel. Aw, uh, your wussiness better come in handy. <laughs> See, my 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 favorite throwaway Nelson line is to with the take the huckleberries and season them with just a pinch of confectioner's sugar. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So he's got layers. He does. Yeah. All right. No, I think he's really hurt. I said ha ha. <laughs> yeah. All right, John. I don't have uh, episode titles or numbers or seasons or anything for my bring out your dead list because that's just the way it is. It's too much work. Uh, but hopefully people can fill in what they are. The first one is the Octo Parrot. It says, wow, Polly shouldn't be, which I use a lot. <laughs> and who doesn't who doesn't love an Octo Parrot? We have Pray for Mojo. <laughs> and if the monkeys come in the Simpsons, it's always good. You've got, I've been my Wookiee, which is from that same Ralph Wiggum sequence in which he uh, tells you about his cat's breath. Uh, you've got Homer, another getting into the the stupid lines that make you laugh when they really shouldn't. He's not not liking toads. <laughs> it's just a simple double negative, but but you get put in a few years of Homer, and it ends up being a lot funnier. Uh, one of my favorite songs is one of the early songs, a Stonecutter song that I like. The, the the line that tickled me, that caught me off guard when I first heard that was "Who keeps the metric system down?" This is something we don't <laughs> think about too much. <laughs> Yeah, who, uh, who, it's nice who, who made Steve Gutenberg a star is the one that I keep mm-hmm. thinking about. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that one dates, though, but uh, metric system, still no go here, except for for soda um, and science. Uh, There's one that we quote a lot, and I'm not sure why. It's uh, Homer is upset about something, and he's eating ham, and, and Lisa asks him how it is or something. He says it tastes so bitter, it's like ashes in my mouth, and Lisa says helpfully, Maybe you ate a clove. <laughs> every, every time someone complains about food, I would say, maybe you ate a clove. You know, um, it's my, my one crusty line where he's got like the Joan Embry from the San Diego Zoo or whatever on his on his show. And there's like a, a, an eagle and, you know, they're doing the, the talk show thing about the animal, or whatever. And they cut back to them and the eagle is on top of Krusty's head 
with its claws digging into his skull, pecking, and he's like, ah, get it off me. And the the zoo lady says, she thinks you're after her eggs. And Krusty says, I only ate one. <laughs> which, I, which is another dumb, like, you know, Mel Brooks-style line that just caught me off guard uh, and uh, cracks me up. And my final one, I'm going to be the Monty of the show, is not a line. It's a sight gag, but I think it's one of my favorite sight gags ever on any uh, animation comedy show. It's where the uh, the Raffi-like singer is uh, is trying to escape the concert full of toddlers, and he's lifting off in his helicopter, but the toddlers are crazed fans like the Beatlemania, and they're leaping at him as he tries to get away on his helicopter, and the babies cling to the little skids on the bottom of the helicopter as the Raffi floats away. To get the, the babies, the toddlers and babies, off of the helicopter, he takes out a giant lollipop, and he holds it up and shines it at them like a flashlight, and all of them instinctively reach up for the big lollipop and fall from the skids of the helicopter. Which is <laughs> <laughs> just, it works on so many levels as incredibly cruel and you shouldn't be laughing at it but i I love it it's not a quote it's a sight gag that's how i'm going out i have now remembered my favorite crusty line ever which is um if this is anyone other than steve allen you're stealing my bit (laughs) oh yeah yeah um a a sight gag that i like is actually attached to one of my bring out your dead lines which is homer don't call me Mr. Scorpion. It's Mr. Scorpio, but don't call me that. Call me Hank. At which point he <laughs> hands right. him his jacket and says to hang it up. And you see Homer look around this circular open plan room and there's no place to hang it up. And he turns back around and he says, oh, I, I didn't even give you my jacket. And Homer looks down and he doesn't have his jacket. And it's back on Mr. Scorpio. It's like, what? And, I, I, and it's on him backwards. It's, yes, yes. Yes, Mr. Scorpion. I just, I also really just like, yes, Mr. Scorpion. Um, Marge, don't discourage the boy. Weaseling out of things is important to learn. It's what separates us <laughs> from the animals, except the weasel. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, tall man in that in the uh, in the short films about Springfield episode, the tall yes. man who is laughed at in his car, and he gets out of the car and has a whole conversation with Nelson, including the best line: "This was the largest automobile that I could afford." I love that. I love that line. I see I, occasionally I will see a very small car, and that is what I will say. <laughs> um, my bones are so brittle, but I always drink plenty of malk. Oh my god! <laughs> that's that's that the silking episode, or was that a different one? Oh, uh, what is? The, I don't know what episode. That's, that's the from. one where the teacher is that the teacher strike one. Yeah, they they find out where all the the, ca- the milk of the cafeteria comes from. Milking That's rats. Bart the gangster, or Bart the mobster. Oh, right. I quoted called. this recently because my wife accidentally bought something called chocolate flavored pretzels. Oh, mm. I drink with, plenty of milk with vitamin R. It says on the label, it's great. Um, I'm going to say because he hasn't been mentioned yet, and he needs to be. I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such mm. educational films as Lead Paint, Delicious but Deadly. That is the best Troy McClure uh, movie that he's in. Yep. That and the uh, the great San Francisco freakout. I'm a big fan of Get Confident, Stupid. <laughs> um, There's more than one way to get high, baby. <laughs> uh, just, a, just a handful more. Uh, this actually came up today. Um, whenever it's raining, it's fair to say lousy smarch weather. From the irregular calendar in the school that has the month of smarch on it. Um a Millhouse line that I love. We're going to see an R-rated movie. Barton Fink. The last R-rated movie any kid should ever want to sneak into. It's great. Except for the naked look. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, uh, my favorite moment in Homer at the Bat, which is a classic episode, is um, when they're booing at Daryl Strawberry. 
And the line is, Mom, they're professional athletes. They're used to this. It rolls right <laughs> off their backs. And the line isn't as funny as what happens, which is you cut to Daryl Strawberry in the outfield and a single tear is dripping down his cheek. Uh, we we that gets referenced in our house all the time. Just the single tear of Daryl Strawberry, and uh, finally uh, the uh, I think something that sums up this entire uh, experience that we've all been on. It's the comic book guy who said, "Worst episode ever." Yep, yep. And with that, I would like to thank my guests. <laughs> For being on <laughs> this episode where we talked about things from this. It was a perfectly cromulent episode, I think. And uh, yeah. so now I will thank them all. Uh, Glenn Fleischman, thank you for being here. <laughs> Monty Ashley, thank you. Goodbye from The Incomparable, the uh, podcast of the future where nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Michaels, thank you very much. I have I've used up all my quotes. I have nothing further to say. Shut up, Becky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> John Syracuse, thank you. Quijibo. Hmm. Always save one. Yeah. No one remembers Quijibo. Yeah. Quijibo, no, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a uh that's a North American bald uh, North American ape. <laughs> I play with the uh house rule in Scrabble that if you can actually spell Quijibo, you win. Why I oughta <laughs> and uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable. We'll be back next week, but until then, smell you later. Can't sleep, clown will eat me. Episode ever.